We're at the end of the island with Junior Rowing News. Ready for rhythm. In two, in one, rhythm now. Hello everyone and welcome back to the End of the Island podcast with me, Fergus Mainland. Today we're bringing you a very special episode. Tom Morgan sat down earlier on in the week with recently retired Olympic champion Grace Prendergast. They talk through the decision about retirement, pick out some of the standout moments from Grace's career and just reflect on her contribution to the rowing world, which has been absolutely phenomenal. So sit back, relax and enjoy this one. Tom Morgan here, delighted to be joined by Grace Prendergast, who yesterday announced her retirement from international and competitive rowing. Grace, thank you so much for joining me this morning and wanted to find out, first of all, from you, how the last 24 hours have been. I imagine it's been a pretty crazy time with that announcement coming out and then dealing with the inflow of sentiment and messaging that people, I'm sure, have sent you. Yeah, it's been it's been a busy last 24 hours, I think. A lot of it bittersweet. Um, I, I knew it was always going to be a little bit sad as well, finally calling time on my rowing career. Um, it's been such such a cool journey that uh, you're always going to be sad it's over, but I definitely know it's time for me to try something new and to sort of get to the next chapter of my life. But yeah, on the flip side, I think the amount of people that have reached out and the amount of nice messages I've had has been quite overwhelming. And it's um, I guess it puts it all in perspective how long I was doing it, how many people I met through it. Um, so yeah, it's been highs and lows, but overall positive emotions, I think. Amazing. And the obvious question that I want to ask is what prompted you to call time on it now? Because we're sort of <clears throat> less than two years out from the next Olympics. You've obviously gone through the Cambridge and then World Championship cycle last year very successfully. So what was it that made you think now is the right time? Um, it felt like the right time for me because I think it looks like I've sort of got halfway through an Olympic cycle and and called it there. But um, I guess realistically with the Olympics being delayed, a year it was already a shorter and condensed cycle and then after my year rowing with Cambridge rowing I, I sort of started to get the inkling that maybe maybe it was time but I really wanted to you know I don't want to it's not a dream I want to give up on lightly so I wanted to go back do another year see how that all made me feel um and then make the call and I actually really enjoyed doing it that way um like Kerry who I rode the pair with she knew what I was what I was doing and and that it was very much let's let's do this year and see see what it's like um so it's nice to have a year of actually really taking it all in and enjoying it knowing that potentially it could or could not be be my last time I did it all um and then two years is still a long time like it seems like a very close time to Paris but two years is a long time and I think especially with a sport like rowing you've either got to be all in and or all out and yeah I think I just knew knew for me that maybe my priorities or what makes me really excited has slightly changed and get more excited about potentially new challenges. And what, what in your mind do those new challenges look like? Because you're completely right, rowing is all or, all or nothing sport. You can't really half commit to it. So what's, what are you thinking about that's on the horizon in the future for you now? And I suppose being in Cambridge for a year has helped open quite a lot of doors, I'd imagine. Yeah, I thought after a year in Cambridge, maybe I'd be more sure about what I wanted to do, but I potentially left more confused because I, I, I know that there's more out there now. Um, I think I'm just really excited to start a different career path. Um, I'm not 100% sure what that will look like for me, and I guess now is the time I want to spend a few months sort of exploring that and looking into what I 
could do what I might enjoy doing, what I might be good at. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of my main motivations that I wanted to step away from rowing because I am sort of passionate about getting another career up and running. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the next hurdle to come across is the um, the job world. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Amazing. And I suppose, how did Rowing New Zealand receive and take its news? Because you're obviously one of the star athletes uh, fairly much, and we obviously write previews about the Olympics. We, we always have you and Kerry down in dead certs for the gold medal in the, in the pair. So how was this received by the, the governing body? Um, they've been really supportive this whole entire year. And like I was saying, Kerry and I had really open communication about it and I had open communication with Rowan New Zealand that I was going to come back for the year and sort of test and see see how I felt about rowing. So they they very much knew the whole year that it was, a, um, I guess, an experiment for me to see whether I could, could keep going to Paris. Um, I think... I think they're probably always going to be a little bit sad to lose people that have been there for so long. But once again, um, I feel like they're really sort of prioritizing the people as opposed to performance, which is, which is really nice. And um, I think, yeah, they would say they're sad I'm leaving, but also they, they know that if it feels right for me, then they're happy that I um, sort of go off and chase another dream. But, yeah, it's a, it's a hard team to walk away from because they have had such a good time and they have been so, so, um, I guess, caring and especially this last year working in with me at the Cambridge, trying to do Cambridge for the year has been, um, I don't know, I couldn't probably have asked for more from them. And it's an interesting thing, the New Zealand road team, obviously pound for pound, one of the best performance centres on the planet. But I think you and you and Kerry have been the consistent factor in a team that's, I think deviated a little bit and, and, and obviously you rode the pair and also the eight at the Olympics and, and there's now conversations around the fact that there won't be New Zealand eights at the Olympics potentially. What, what's, what's your broad sort of view on that? Yeah, I guess every team kind of goes through um, rebuilding phases and maybe potentially we have had a bit of a drop off of the people that have been in the team for a very long time. So it might be a few years of rebuilding. I think there are some young and exciting athletes in the team that maybe just need the time to sort of really gain the experience and learn things like learn how to win and learn how to compete when you're literally competing against the best people in the world. It's it's a different ball game up there. Um, but yeah, I think we've always been very fortunate in our team to have consistent crews that like we had Mahe, we had the men's pair, we had... Um, I guess then we we came along, so we've been fortunate to have some really stable ones. But I think we've probably been in the team for long enough with um with the young ones that I don't know we've had enough crossover, and I I really am excited for them and hope that they now take the opportunity to build. But yeah, it might be I guess it might be a slightly smaller team, um, and maybe we're also sort of feeling the effects of COVID a little bit more delayed than other countries. Um, because we managed to sort of hold it off for a bit longer. So we might also be having that to play with. So it's new territory, but um, I'll, I'll support from the sidelines and I hope I hope to see a successful team in Paris. Absolutely. And, and I suppose one obvious sort of career path or perhaps one obvious place that you could put your efforts is in TV broadcasts, commentating, that sort of thing. A lot of ex-internationals find themselves in that circuit would that be a world that would interest you yeah I think so I've never really thought about it but like I I still love the sport so much so I think 
staying involved in in any way and and for me I, I don't think I'm a, 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 I don't I don't think I'll be a very successful coach I don't think my strengths like there so I think I'd have to find other ways to um stay involved and like I, I do love that side of it as well and I don't know it's, it's nice to give back to the sport in any way you can because it's given me so much over the years um but yeah no I think that would that would be a very interesting way to kind of keep keep in touch with them amazing and just speaking about you personally for a moment obviously what is particularly remarkable about your ascent to the top of rowing is is that you do have scoliosis and and that's something that you have to deal with you know every time you, you step foot in the boat so how have you I suppose I want to say overcome that because it's not it's obviously not something that would inhibit you from rowing as 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 your your sort of example shows but how have you managed to deal with that as an additional challenge in a sport where there are numerous physical challenges already on the table yeah I think I was lucky like when I was growing up I was never um sort of I don't know told it was like gonna gonna be a hassle or an issue um and I think just along the way, I've had really supportive people that have um, not really ever been like, oh, it's a weakness or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's never felt like a huge hurdle for me to overcome, which has been fortunate. And I think I've been fortunate also to find a sport that works so well with it. Um, I mean... I think my biggest like gripe with it is just visually I probably roll a little bit differently and I um, probably don't look as standard but I mean eventually you get over that and like visual technique probably isn't isn't the be all and end all um, but yeah it's actually been a really nice journey and the amount of younger kids that I've had reach out um, ask questions about it um, has been quite special and I guess it's nice to be able to share my experiences and hopefully help um, other people that are maybe struggling with it as well and, and obviously you've had an outstanding career i mean i think 15 times national champion and numerous world championships obviously olympic gold medals and, and a boat race win if you had to pick a highlight what would that be <laughs> oh hard i think everything's so different um i mean i think i can't go past the pier at the olympics i think um i've had so many moments throughout my rowing career that have been so exciting and such highlights that i think for Kerry and I, probably since 2015, we had been working towards racing a period in Olympic Games. Um, so that ended up being a whole other year. So that's about seven years towards one opportunity. And I think the amount of highs and lows we went through in those seven years, like we, we, we ticked it all off. Um, and I think it's just like an immense level of satisfaction, I guess, when you put so much into it and you actually do get the result you want. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, I've had so many highlights and I'm fortunate, but I think that would have to be the ultimate. Of course. And when you're here in Cambridge, what did that give you that maybe you didn't have in, in an already pretty impressive city? How, how, did, how was that different, I suppose, to the challenge of rowing in the national team? Um, it was hugely different. I think I didn't expect it to be as different as it was. Um, just it's, it's just a different ball game when you're... Um, like at, at home in New Zealand rowing's your priority and you know everything comes around that whereas over here it was like there, you have so many priorities um obviously your study the rowing is obviously a really big deal as well and then on top of that I was at Cambridge for a year so you want to take everything in um so I think I learned how much you can sort of fit into a day I also it was a really nice year of being surrounded by people with different interests and different acti like into the different things um like we live in a real sport bubble and back home in Cambridge New Zealand 
Um, it was very confusing. Um, so it was nice to sort of get out and sort of see see what else is out there and, um, yeah, just, I guess, place a little less emphasis on rowing and a little more emphasis on, like, a sort of a more holistic lifestyle, which was, it was busy, but, um, and also the boat race, an incredible event, and I think, I mean, it felt like there was more media and hype around that than a lot of the Olympics and World Champs have been to. So that was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, it's a strange thing about sports in Canada. In this country, people only really zero in on rowing for the boat race and then every four years. Um, the boat race does generate a lot of football on the uh, on the London embankment. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose a question for you around the racing Canada within Bell Drain, obviously you've been a part of it for, like you say, seven, eight, nine years now. There's obviously a significant Antipodean community within rowing and the Australians in New Zealand have great representation at, at national level and international level. But yet, not a lot of the international racing happens on their shores. It tends to be a lot of it in Europe. And I can understand that because the concentration of European rowing is, is X and the concentration of Antipodean and American is Y. But do you think there should be more international world ring events going on in Australia, in New Zealand, to maybe broaden the appeal or to drive home the fact that those two countries are huge, obviously, contributors to world rowing? Yeah, I definitely think so. Like, obviously, there's resource issues and all that, and it's probably a little bit harder logistically to organise, but I think it is definitely heavily weighted towards the European countries. And, um, and I know for us, every year we have to sort of, get over the hurdle of like oh do we go overseas and spend three or four months a year because all, all the regattas are over here and they're sometimes spaced out where it's like do you stay stay around in between the third world cup and world champs for six weeks or do you go home and it's it's a lot of flying and I think to have the world rowing regattas a bit more evenly weighted around the world would obviously it's hard to get your boats everywhere it's hard of all that stuff but it, I think it would sort of spread it a bit um a bit nicer and honestly and honestly like I love rowing down in New Zealand and the rowing I've done in Australia and I like I want everyone to come down there and experience it as well so um yeah I think it, it would be cool and just nice you know like our families and friends and stuff they're like oh do I travel 40 hours to to go and watch everyone and if there was every so years so many years there was an opportunity for them to travel a few hours it would it would be really nice <laughs> absolutely and i suppose last year you guys were i think you raced the world cup three and then the world championships but you were slated to race at henley and then didn't with that an illness related thing yeah unfortunately the day before Henley Kerry got COVID um so yeah which was so sad because we love racing at Henley it's one of the our favorite regattas and I've been fortunate to race with her there twice before um and we're very excited but yeah it wasn't it wasn't to be for us that year but um still a cool experience watching the team but um yeah unfortunately and then I guess that getting over COVID and getting back into the third world cup so soon after was um was a tough journey but i'm i'm pleased we did it and might not have been the prettiest race but we've made it through <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i suppose just 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 coming towards the, the sort of conclusion of the conversation i wanted to have with you you we before we we came on the record you said that you were staying in in england for a bit in london and and, and had moved um had moved to london and were planning to stay here for a little while what prompted that decision just out of interest I think literally since the age of 17, I've been in the New Zealand rowing team. So it's um, 
dictated where you have to live, um, dictated what what opportunities you can take, what what you can do alongside rowing. Um, so I think in my transition out of sport, I just almost want to, I don't know, throw myself in the deep end and try something completely new. Um, I also loved my year over here at Cambridge. Um, so, and it, it makes sense, I guess, opportunity-wise to sort of roll on to somewhere that's close close to that network. Um, but yeah, I think it's mostly just the opportunity now I literally have any sort of freedom I want and why not make the most of it and go to the other side of the world um I'm sure there'll be highs and lows as it always is living so far away from home but um yeah I'm just excited to see where it takes me and it's a bit weird the unknown but um yeah just really changed changing everything in my life at once (laughs) (laughs) I mean you said earlier it's a bit confusing coming out and not knowing what you want to do but it's also extremely liberating not having a set path designated and designed for you and being able to you know, essentially choose anything you want to do off the back of an incredibly successful sporting career. So just, just a couple more sort of questions from my perspective. And these, these ones came actually from, from our team. So do you have a favourite race? And I suppose this is linked to the highs and lows question, but do you have a favourite race that you ever competed in that really stands in your mind as being that was, you know, an all-timer? And then as, alongside that, is there a favourite venue that you've raced at in the past that you think, oh, I just love competing there? Um, I think if I had to go favourite race, I'd probably have to go our 2019 Women's Pier final. Um, I think that's probably one of the races where I'm like, it was, it was uh, I think it ended up being a couple of seconds in, in the end, um, but it was like kind of neck and neck with us in Australia the whole way. And it, and it was just literally like we were travelling down the same escalator, at, um, travel ladder. Um, it was... I don't know, it was a race I felt like we couldn't have won, won if we hadn't put every ounce of effort into it, whereas we've had other wins or something and it's like, oh, you could have, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that everything needed to go into it. So, yeah, I think that probably goes down as one of my hardest races. And then I guess when it takes so much to get to the line first, it's just more satisfying. Um, yeah, I mean, not that enjoyable through it, but afterwards <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was a, a fun race to be. And we'd had quite a good rivalry with them the whole year. So it was it was like a year where I was like, the competition's really tough and we managed to come out on top. Um, would I want to be in a race that close again? Maybe not, but, but it was so <laughs> fun. Um, and then favourite venue, I'd probably have to go to Lucerne in Switzerland. Um, it's amazing. Like you, you always know it's going to be good water. It just... You go there every year, so it kind of feels like home. Um, but then also we spend a lot of time training in Slovenia, um, often do our big block, so spend a month, a month and a half there um, on Lake Bohine, so just outside of Bled. And I think that's also somewhere I'd be like, go down my favourite places to row. Amazing. And one last thing for me, moving to London, it will not have escaped your attention that there is a pretty big river in London and that there are a, a superfluity of rowing clubs. Could you ever be tempted to, to uh, <laughs> jump in a boat at any point, maybe just casually? I mean, I'm sure any one of those clubs would welcome you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the time will come where I, where I want to get back in the boat, but at the moment I'm quite enjoying not being in the boat. Um, but like, I still love the sport. I just, yeah, it's it's nice to have a break. I, I definitely want to stay involved in somehow, and I've definitely, obviously, come become quite attached to Cambridge rowing as well. So I want to help out there. But um, maybe eventually. I don't know if I'll be rushing to join a club just yet. <laughs> that makes sense. 
So congratulations, Grace, on your outstanding career. It's been an absolute privilege to be able to watch it, see you conquer the world, and we wish you all the very best for retirement. That'll bring an end to this week's episode, and we'll catch you all next week for the next instalment of The End of the Island.